Blog Talk Radio. Tonight we needed something happy and interesting and fun. So that was our opening song. I want to thank each of you for joining us tonight. And I have to say thank you because y'all all know I say this every night of the show. It's not my show, it's your show. And I apologize for last night for those of y'all that were listening to my guest and I, Mr. Um, Paul Thaler. The, we had a major storm come through here. It's our rainy season and 
sometimes God has a sense of humor. And last night, his sense of humor went into overdrive. So we had a storm come through. The power knocked out, which kind of was a blessing in disguise because my husband almost died on me again. I told him, put on his big boy panties. We didn't have time for it. So I have rescheduled Paul for next Tuesday night. So join us next Tuesday night for Paul. But this is your show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just a facilitator. I'm just the one that brings the show to you. You the guest, you the listener, this is your show. And I thank each and every one of you. Now, there's two ways to get on this show. You can contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com. Come on as a guest, or you can become a sponsor. And I don't intend to get rich. I don't want to get rich being a, being the facilitators of, for y'all to be sponsors. For 10 bucks for a month, I run your ad, whether it's an MP3 format, whether I read the ad, I run your ad. Again, contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com, and I will tell you how to do it. And with that being said, I want to welcome a new sponsor to the show. Um, it goes kind of like this. Adopt. Don't shop for your next audio book favorite. The Adopt an Audiobook program has new releases and audiobooks for every genre. All audiobooks are free to interested reviewers. Simply listen and share your thoughts. Contact audiobookwormpromotions.com forward slash adopt an audiobook. And um, Jess the Bookworm is the one that that has this, and she has also been on the show. Also, Jay Traveler Pelton, she does the Oberlin Trilogy. The Infant Conspiracy is now available on Amazon as both a paperback or an e-book. It starts a few years after the book, Rebooting the Oberlin's Left Off. Noel and Violet Oberlin spent their adult careers working special assignments for the U.S. government, a family tradition of service. After 40 years of espionage, all they wanted was a peaceful retirement in the country. But just as it seemed that dream might happen, an unplanned series of events forced their overachieving adult children to return home to live with the folks. All four of them were driven out of their homes by different aspects of a government that had gone quite insane. Kai, a geneticist with Zanya, his wife, Gabriel, a bomb expert turned nurse with their grandson, little Gabe, Jasmine, a forensic psychiatrist married to Scott, a CPA, all joined their siblings who were still living at home. Micah, an autistic savant, and Serena, an artist, and they are deep in uncovering a secretive group of people led by the Ice Lady, whose main goal appears to be to take the Earth's population down from 7 billion to 500 million within the next 10 years. Having infiltrated the governments of most developed countries, and released an airborne anti-fertility virus, the Brotherhood succeeded in forcing a zero fertility rate. In the meantime, the economy of the U.S. tanked. The government sells all of its citizens who have debt into slavery within a system so harsh that civil disorder breaks out. Serenity Retreat Center is forced to become a slave labor camp, and the family is compelled into special service to save the center, their tribe, the United States, and humanity from extinction. If you thought retirement was simply about money, then this book will change your mind. Also, Diane Mote, who has been on this show, she has the Sam Holden series. And thank you, Australia. Y'all put her number one on the map in your country in book sales. Anyway, Sam Holden is our favorite vigilante, and she is back. 
The third book in the series has just been released. In Dogbone, Sam's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other side. Will her double life be? Check out Dogbones by Diane Mote everywhere ebooks are sold. And if you haven't started the series yet, begin with Dog Gone. Check her out on Amazon. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get started on tonight's show. When my guest contacted me through um, a venue that I go through, it's called um, Podcast Something. Anyway, they I put my podcast up there, and then, then potential guests contact me. When she contacted me, I said, I've got to have this woman on my show. <laughs> number one, I really believe in what she has to say. And number two, this is such a wonderful thing for each of you listeners, whether you believe it or not. It, it, her, she is Rihanna Milne. She is a life coach. And she is also a best-selling author, a certified relationship love and life coach for singles and couples, a certified clinical trauma and addictions professional, and licensed mental health counselor. She is, it's the life and love transformation expert. That's what she says she is. She focuses on increasing a client's personal growth and self-esteem while improving their holistic health for mind, body, and spirit. Rihanna specializes in helping women and men of all ages through the impact of childhood dating or relationship trauma and difficult transitions leading to overall life transformation and successful relationships for individuals, couples, and families in private practice over 18 years in Egg Harbor, New Jersey, and in Delray Beach, Florida. She's just south of me. I got to go see this woman. She takes an active coaching role with her client as they explore together the many avenues to their optimum emotional and overall health and wellness, both individually and in relationships. Rihanna helps singles attract emotionally healthy, evolved, and conscious love and guides couples to transform their relationships from toxic to terrific. Her holistic coaching approach to holistic personal growth and change for mind and spirit is core to all of her endeavors. She believes every human being is unique and deserves an individual fresh perspective on their overall health to reach their personal and relationship goals, divine purpose, and ultimate of happiness. Well, this woman's amazing, and we hadn't even started talking yet. Welcome, Rihanna. So glad you are Hi. here. Hey, hey, hey. I was over there dancing for five minutes. You know? See, I love that that's, song, Happy. It's phenomenal. Me, me too. And, and it, it fits this show. And, and the past it week has been kind of, of, kind of on the downside. So I thought that the the song fits the show because I got the feeling as an empath when I was setting you up that your entire coaching and counseling focuses not on the negativity of one's life, but shows them how to turn their negativity into a positive aspect so that they can exactly. be happy from within. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's definitely true. You know, I had a, a lady that I was talking to today and she goes, I just don't feel any happiness inside. I just feel empty. And I said, well, that goes back to your childhood and relationship traumas. So then we dig deeper, and everybody is it's their own puzzle. 
because there's 10 childhood traumas, and depending what you had and to what degree you had them and what age and with mother or with dad, you know, it's, it's this puzzle that you have to put together. And then we ask, you know, how is it playing out in your life today? You know, are you struggling? Um, are you attracting toxic partners? Are you in a cycle of toxic anger and fighting with your partner? Or are you uh, single and afraid to date? I mean, there's all these different types of patterns that I look at. And I put them together, you know, and I figure out what's going on in the beginning, which we call awake to awareness, um, to understand what the childhood traumas were. That's step one. And then step two, you know, and that's the clinical trauma professional part of me. And then the <laughs> psychotherapist steps in for a little bit. And then once you get that all together, then the life coach comes over and says, okay, let's create the life you really desire. And what's the love that you, you know, get the love you deserve. And and so would it be a fair process. statement? Would it be a fair statement, Rihanna, to say that in any relationship, whether it's family, friend, love, children, any relationship, in order to be able to love someone else, we or even to like someone else, we first have to learn to like ourselves and to love ourselves, warts and all. Correct. Yes, that's very important. And that's healing all those wounds that you're unconsciously bringing forward in, into your life with you. Most people don't even realize what they're doing because it's very unconscious. And it, they become a part of who we are instead of just a part of what we experienced. Would that be true as well? Yes. Yes. And then, you know, once you're aware of what they are, then you're more consciously careful. For example, you know, I work with a lot of women who are successful in business but struggle in love. And they say, you know, why am I so successful in business but I just can't get my relationship together? Or they keep going into serial toxic relationships one right after another. They don't know what they're doing wrong. Well, one of the things, I mean, that's part of the puzzle, but one of the things is, you know, they're used to controlling, being controlling in business. But if they control their male partner in love, that's sure to break up the relationship. Now we oh, have to enter that. in stereotypical um, roles. We have to enter in female and male energies, caveman, cavewoman brain. So there's a lot of different pieces that have to be looked at and negotiated to, you know, bring you into a peaceful, loving state, and that then you can go out and be peaceful in love with someone else. And and you brought up a good point when and and. I was in corporate America at five years old, so I've been in corporate America all my life. And what I've found is is women that are successful in business tend to operate on remote control as opposed to uh, – they do one or two things. They either operate on remote control or they operate on hyper-emotional feelings, and both are toxic because they don't know how to take a middle-of-the-road stretch. Case in point, two, two men in business can, can have an argument behind closed doors. When they're done, they shake hands and they go about their, their business. Women in business, they argue and they hold grudges for years. Well, we have to go back to where does workaholism come from. So yes. it's trauma number seven, trauma number two. So once, you know, I can tell you, you and your audience attend traumas, then I can start bridging some of these things together for you guys. Sweet. So would, would you like me Carry to go into on. that? Madam, you okay. have the floor. <laughs> so here we go. And I would encourage your listener to get a piece of paper 
and make three columns down the paper. The first one you put me because you're looking at yourself. The second one you would put a partner and that would be a partner you're currently with or someone you were with with in the past and you struggled with them and you want to know why. And then the third one you put parents. And if I mentioned the 10 traumas, you could either put mom, dad, or both in the parents column because research does show that childhood traumas goes through the generations. So if you have it, it's definite that mom or dad or both has it. So as we go through, I want to remind you that when you're young, you're very innocent. And this is nothing to feel ashamed of or guilty about or embarrassed because trauma happens to you. And when you're a little person, all you know is what mom and dad presents to you. It seems pretty normal until you get maybe older as a teenager and then you see other kids' parents or life isn't the same as yours. And then you start comparing at that point. But your developmental psychological years are birth to age 11. So what's happening in those years are, are very important. Um, but also traumas that occur when you're a teenager as well and into young adults, so like up to age 19 to 20. So here we go. Again, when you're young, did any of these happen to you? Number one is addiction in mom or dad. Now, being an, an addictions counselor as well, I'm going to name 11 addictions right off the bat. So there's drugs and alcohol. We all know those. But then there's sex, and that could be the chronically cheating partner, the parent. Uh, there's porn. There's gambling, hoarding, spending, eating, gaming, TV watching, workaholism. So there's 11 right there, right off the bat. So, um, you know, the addictions are usually more important than the partner and the family dynamic. Number two, did you witness verbal abuse in your parents? Now, that's yelling or screaming, or were you a recipient of the verbal abuse? So they yelled and screamed at you, or if they were mad, they could have stonewalled and shut down and not talked to you for hours or days at a time. Um, or the verbal abuse could also be never hearing I love you or getting verbal accolades or compliments or hearing you'll never amount to anything. What do you know? We don't care about your opinion, you know, kind of that verbal humiliation. So those are all forms of verbal abuse. Number three is emotional abuse and neglect. And we all know the, the standard types of neglect, but research also shows the latchkey kids that came home from school like at 3 o'clock and mom or dad were still working till 5, they had to fend for themselves for a couple of hours. That was very nerve-wracking for them. That's high anxiety. So that is even in, included in the neglect portion. Number four is physical abuse, rape, or molestation, and that could have happened inside or outside of the home. Um, you know, physical abuse is anything beyond like a simple pat on the rear end, you know, like go to your room. I mean, I worked in the schools all the way from grades kindergarten up through college as a student assistance counselor, and what we did was we handled all the emotionally traumatized or upset kids. So I had all the bullies or all the kids that were you know, hurt by the bullies, but nevertheless, the kids that were bullying and upset at school or often misdiagnosed ADHD were coming from traumatic homes because if the cortisol is up, the stress is up, learning goes down. Your ability to remember goes down. So it, it, as soon as I could, I, you know, I was doing meditation in my office. I had low lighting. I'd, I'd have to listen to Louis Miguel. I said, I don't understand a word of it. 
but it's relaxing. So we're going to sit, mm-hmm. we're going to meditate, the Louis McGow, you know, and then they'll come down, the little elementary kids. Miss Rihanna, put that Louis man on, you know. I'm feeling stressed <laughs> out, you know. So I found, you know, I was working with traumatic uh, situations way before I became, you know, a trauma counselor. But, um, yes, definitely once I could calm them down, their friendships went up, their learning went up, their grades went up, their happiness level went up. So, you know, it's all interrelated. Okay, number five is abandonment. Now, there's two types. There's fault or no-fault abandonment. Now, three examples of no-fault abandonment would be like if your, your parent goes off to serve war for the military um, or they travel a lot when they're on the road. You know, they're traveling to support their family. Now, that was one of my traumas, and I didn't think I had any childhood trauma. I thought, yeah, I have a pretty normal childhood, a couple bumps in the road, nothing bad. But then I said, you know, I always remember asking my mom, when's dad coming home? And she would say with disgust, well, I don't remember. And she has five kids, or she didn't know. You know, she didn't know. And that was because we didn't know my dad was FBI and CIA. He was like ah. James Bond. And we didn't know. So, you know, I was very close to my dad. It was kind of upsetting to me that I didn't know where he was or when he was coming home. So that's a no-fault abandonment because that's how he supported our family. And another example of that is if a parent dies early. It's still a form of abandonment. A fault abandonment is if there's a divorce and let's say dad leaves the home. He promises to pick you up on the weekends and you have visitation on weekends, but he's late or he cancels, or he does pick you up and he's more involved with his new girlfriend than you, or he checks out with you and is watching football all weekend, and you're just kind of sitting there. So those are types <laughs> of, of fault abandonment, you know, where you just don't feel important to your mom or dad. Number six is if you were adopted, part of foster care, or you needed to live with other relatives because mom or dad couldn't take care of you. Um, I did have a client who says, well, Rihanna, does it count if I chose to live at somebody else's house because I didn't want to go home because of all the fighting? I said, yes, that totally counts. So that's in that one as well. Number seven is a very, um, I hate to say a popular trauma, but many people have trauma seven, and that's personal trauma. And that's if you've ever was bullied. If you remember feeling different at school primarily, you know, you didn't fit in, you weren't, you know, one of the super jocks, you weren't the cheerleader or part of the popular crowd, you might have been a little overweight or skinny and gawky, Um, you might have been born with a medical condition or even diagnosed ADHD. Now, that's a form of personal trauma. Um, Number eight, sibling trauma. Three, Three examples here. One, your sibling was born with a medical issue, and therefore mom or dad needed to give more time to them, leaving you kind of feeling not important. Number two, your sibling bullied you. Or number three, and this is the most common, you perceived your sibling to be the golden child. In other words, they were more handsome or prettier, more athletic, more intelligent. Something they were doing was, you know, getting more of mom's and dad's attention. So that's sibling trauma number eight. Number nine is family trauma. Now, this research was done years ago by the Kaiser Permanente Group. And under family trauma, they had like two things. They had um, if a parent was incarcerated, and um, I think the second one was if you grew up with lack. Well, that list now is very long. It's, um, you know, if you grew up in a dangerous neighborhood and you felt scared all the time walking to school, 
Um, and then I bring in community trauma. Our community trauma has escalated like crazy compared to when mm-hmm. I was a child. You yes, know, we've got is. all these natural as, as disasters, you know, the hurricanes, the floods, we have volcanoes going, wildfires. I mean, tons of tons of natural disasters. Now we also have our school shootings. Yeah, the mass shootings, the school shootings. You know, kids are terrified to go to school today. We didn't have that growing up. I mean, this is horrendous for little people to have to endure. And with these natural traumas, of course, it devastates mom and dad to lose a home. But can you imagine a little person's perspective on this? So there's more and more family and community trauma going on more than ever. And number 10 is the mental health issues in either mom or dad. Now, I am 60, so I grew up where moms and dad didn't go to therapists. Uh, They didn't want us going either. You know, I remember I was a little sad. A boyfriend stood me up or a guy I liked. I said, I want to go to a counselor. She goes, no one in this family will ever go to a counselor. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm going to grow up and become one then. And, of course, I did, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so the most uh, difficult is borderline personality disorder. And I describe that as fast trigger anger, very moody. You never know what you're going to get. They get angry at the silliest thing that no one else would get angry at. But when they're good, they're great. But when they're bad, they're horrid. And a a sidebar of that is the personality that I call Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. If you've ever seen that movie or the Broadway Uh play, mm -hmm, watch it again once you hear this list. Because Dr. Jekyll is the handsome doctor and the big house and all the women adored him and loved him. He was charming. He was sweet. Handsome, everybody, you know, was in love with him. Mr. Hyde is the hidden personality type. So it, in the movie, what he did, he'd go out and ravish women at night and kill them. <laughs> so, of course, nobody knew that side of him. So there's a lot of people out there with a Jekyll and Hyde personality type where they're very charming in the community and horrible at home. Um, and that's a very difficult person or partner to live with. And then bipolar is manic depressive and depression can come out as anger checking out emotionally or um, you know just extreme fatigue and people think manic oh that's the good one well manic can be a happy but that's only about 15% of the time other manic behaviors like a gambling binge an eating binge spending binge so normally manic isn't that great either you know <laughs> um, so those are the 10 childhood traumas and most people according to the uh, study by Kaiser Permanente 89.8% of people have one to three of them with many more having four to six or more so now you and I that had a little is, conversation before I went on, so I said, "Do this yes. with that friend in mind, right?" Well, and, and that and might that give you some answers. That that is true because um, the, one of the ones that you touched on, in fact, the first book I ever wrote was about my brother who is was born. He he got sick after he was born. He's not myself when he got got sick, and it left mm. him retarded. Well, I was 13 mm-hmm. months older than him, and God love my mom. She did the best she could, and it was in the 50s, no resources. Sure. And I wanted the attention that I couldn't have because she was trying to deal with this child that cried all the time. 
So I, mm-hmm. and it took me years, Rihanna, years to work through all this. It was nobody's fault. Right. It happened. Right. So I went to That's stay right. with my grandmother, who I adored, but it wasn't my mother. So we, my mother right. and I never bonded during those informative years. And it took us mm-hmm. years to come to the realization that though it was nobody's fault that happened, and we had to build from that moment on. Yes. Now, you did have quite a few. You had the abandonment, no fault. Yes. You had yes. living with other relatives. You had the, the sick sibling. Um, uh, you know, I don't know how it was for you in school, but, you know, and that's normal. You know, a lot of people, once they hear this list, they're like, oh my gosh. And then they wonder why do they attract people with other childhood trauma and real severe types. Um, 25% of, well, they say one in 25 people are sociopaths. Sociopathic people are people have no remorse for someone else's feelings. This might be like the chronic... Yeah, the chronic uh, cheater of a husband. He does what he wants when he wants just because he wants to and doesn't think about his wife and the kids at home. Um, there's no remorse. They don't apologize. You know, So that's the sociopath where they use someone for their pleasure or gain. And then you've heard of psychopath. They do all the mm-hmm. things the sociopath does, but they're, they're the ones that kill. You know, so the, the, the more severe childhood trauma, like... Hitler, Stalin, you know, uh, some of Serial the killers. Laden, you know, they are, yeah, they're mass murderers or killers. They have had severe childhood trauma. And then there's very interesting case studies, you know, that you wouldn't call it, you know, everyone has their own levels, but it's interesting to see what happened to them as adults, you know. So the case studies are fascinating. And in fact, when I was getting my degree in criminal justice, my my side was psychology, and I studied serial killers because all of the things ah. that, that we're discussing tonight was part of their life. Right, correct. And, and, and we're going to pause. Comedy, you yes, know, comedians gonna... all came from childhood trauma, and they used humor and, yes. as their coping mechanism. And we're going to pause right there and pay some bills, and we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is when I knew this was going to be a wonderful, wonderful show. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with this lovely, lovely, lovely woman, life coach, Rihanna Milne. Stay tuned. We're going to get into the second half of this show as soon as we pay some bills. Horses See Ghosts, a new poetry book by Gannat Wise. It's been called Poetry. For the rest of us, Amazon. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit QuinnWildlifeArt.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. A struggling city, its beloved baseball team, an antique camera, 
and photos from that camera that bear an image from the pit of hell, an entity only a select few can see. Journalism professor Buddy Cullen is determined to track this demon down. But who is the hunter and who is the prey? And who will be the next target of mankind's mortal foe? Mortal Foe, available at Amazon.com. Hi, this is Winona and Jade inviting you to join us and our wonderful guests on the And I Thought Women's Cave podcast on Blog Talk Radio to learn more about our books, the And I Thought series, and The Misfit Guides. They're available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. Or just to see what your ladies are up to, you can find all of that out on www.andwethought.com. So peace and love from Winona and Jade and our books. <laughs> you so silly. silly. You silly. Remember, Did you write that? That's funny. Remember to visit us at andwethought.com. The year, 1888. The place, London's East End. Dead and mutilated bodies are popping up all over, from Stamford to Whitechapel. Jack the Ripper is leaving his mark, and the city's on edge. Yvonne Mason is back with a tale of murder and millinery. The Rhodes Hat Factory is booming while the body count rises. Why now? How are these hats connected? Has the Hatter gone mad? Mad Hatter from Yvonne Mason. Available now on Amazon.com. And we are back with Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my lovely, lovely guest, life coach, Rihanna Milne. And we have been talking about oh, so many wonderful things. If you missed the first half, you'll have to wait till it goes up to end the archives. But we had just gotten started on the fact that comedians change their life, even if it's just for an hour or a show, because they, too, have had trauma in their life, and it's a coping mechanism for them. Is correct. that correct for mm-hmm. you? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, I did a study on Charlie Chaplin and other comedians back in the day, and he had a lot of trauma that he dealt with. And comedy keeps you laughing. It keeps you coping, you know. Um, and that's what I wanted to get into next, Yvonne, was destructive behavioral patterns, what does come out as an adult in these relationships that causes you to sabotage them? And where does it come from? For example, if, um, let's say, a woman successful in business but struggle in love, again, I said at the beginning of the show that, you know, she needs control to be successful at business. But when she starts controlling her partner, you know, he's going to feel not man enough. You know, she needs mm-hmm. to be, she's stepping up and being the man. Now, um, when a, a man controls, um, the opposite, let's say a successful woman with a man that um, is perceived to be not as successful as her, so he could be trying to bring her down or make her miss meetings or, um, you know, sabotage her in some way so that he feels more important. So control usually comes from a partner where they don't feel good enough or they lack control over their own life. And then that adult controls when as a young person they didn't have any control with whatever was going on within the household. 
So that's where that one comes from. Um, lying and manipulation, that could be a trigger if somebody's afraid of being punished or know that their partner's upset with them or they may leave them. So they're going to lie so that you don't get mad. Now, this is a coping mechanism for a child. Let's say a little boy came home with an F on his test. He goes, oh, boy, I'm going to be beat when they see this. I'm going to put it into an A. Maybe I'll get away with it. Well, when he finds that he lies and he gets away with it, it's like, great, you know, this works. And then lying just becomes a habit. And if you ever know any of these people that lie so much about everything and they don't even have to lie about it, it's like not even a big deal, but they do. That's because lying has become such a habit. It's just become their normal. And would it be safe to say that the lie becomes the truth in, within their mind? It becomes their reality. It can. Yes, it can. For sure. They believe their own lies. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm sorry mm-hmm. I interrupted you. Continue. This is fascinating. Oh, no, that's okay. No. Um, let's talk about someone who's impulsive. They make risky choices that destroy the relationships. This is someone that grew up in a very hard household, and they're like, they go for what they want as an adult because they think unconsciously, well, I deserve it. I've had a hard life. I deserve it. I'm just doing it. And they don't have any repercussion for their partners. And that's, again, the impulsivity to have an affair. Because if you're conscious, you would say, you know, sure, you know, that person's attractive and, yes, they want to be with me. But you know what? You know, that two hours of pleasure is going to kill my marriage. It's going to hurt my kids, and it's not worth it. I can walk away. Now, that's someone who's conscious and evolved. Evolved means being your highest and your best self. You think about what is good for all, and you always think before you do say and act. And that is the goal for my clients, we make sure their unconscious becomes consciously aware and they don't act out in any impulsive way. Now, people-pleasing is a common one that women have done. They can't say no. They overdo for others. Then they become angry and resentful. You know, they often say, you know, nobody loves me as much as I love them. And they may do people-pleasing to raise their self-esteem or feel more light. Now, that comes from, let's say there's a little girl, alcoholic mother angry, lashing out, so just to keep the peace, she'll clean the house, she'll take care of the kids, siblings, make the lunches before school. She will please that mother just to get her off her back and maybe hear some compliments or two. So people-pleasing became a survival tool that as a woman now became a way of life. But then she's not happy and she doesn't feel balanced. And many people of childhood trauma don't say yes to themselves. They always put themselves last. You know, every one of my clients is like, I really want to work with you, but I don't know if I should, you know, and it's like, okay, you're putting yourself last. Exactly. And then when they do, and we start working on this, they're like, oh, my gosh, I do that all the time, like running the kids around. Well, the kids can do whatever they want, but if mom wants a date on Friday or Saturday night, they're like, no, my kids would need me, and I I don't get to do that. I said, well, that's not right. You do get to do that. You pick the night. Friday night's kids' night, Saturday night's your night, or vice versa. So we learn new boundaries. They learn to say no to people when they don't want to do something. They learn to say yes to themselves. So those are some of the things around boundaries that we work on. Um, Let's talk about charm and manipulation. You know, I've had a lot of women say, you know, the relationship was so great in the beginning. The first three to four months was like stellar. I don't know what happened, you know. Well, the research shows for... To nine months in, 
or if there is some kind of exclusivity, like an engagement, you live together, or marriage, then the relationship can start falling apart because most people can keep their, their selves together for like three months, but if there's an argument or somebody's under stress and they have an emotional trigger, that's when you start seeing some of the toxic stuff coming out and sabotaging of the relationship. So um, the charm, let's say there's a little boy, and he was told by his parents, you'll never amount to anything, you know, uh, you're dumb, don't even think about going to college, we're not wasting our, our money, you know, something like that. Well, he goes into school and finds when he charms his female teacher that he can become the teacher's pet. And he may have a D, but if he charms her enough, he'll get the C, you know, and find that charm and flirting or manipulation gets what he wants. So the best con artists are, and sociopaths, are very manipulative and charming. Um, So that's the typical, let's say it's a man and can be a woman as well. But let's say he, you know, buys gifts and flowers and calls you a lot and texts you a lot and emails. Some women would say, this is a perfect guy. You know, he gives me all this great attention. And then, you know, and I say, be careful if there's an early invitation for marriage. That's always a red flag. You know, they, they want love, but then they usually end up sabotaging love. So those are just a few examples there. And, and the thing is, when the things start falling apart as a general rule, women tend to think that it's their fault. They did something. They didn't keep them happy enough. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. And it's not their fault at all. Right. Right. Again, you know, with the pretense that, you know, this beautiful, incredible relationship of three months will be that way forever. And then when it starts falling apart, you know, I have couples that come to my work with singles and couples, but the couples say, we just want it back like it was in the beginning. And I said, of course you do. (laughs) So when I work with couples, I have to work with them individually, too. I have to look at their individual childhood patterns and then how is it coming out towards their partner. So let's say I have uh, a woman whose father was very stern and strict and negative and nasty to her, very critical and put her down. Um, And she ends up marrying a man that's the same way. Well, every time she hears what she thinks, now she could be hypersensitive to anything the guy says, you know, but if it sounds critical, she's going to be upset. And he's there, you know, you yell at me all the time. She goes, well, you're putting me down all the time. So, you know, and then it becomes that toxic cycle. Um, this even, uh, um, Yvonne, even with communication, and this is fascinating because at Penn State I was a speech communications major, but let's say there's area accents. Okay. I'm from Philly. I'm a Philly girl. So I had a ton of South Philly friends, you know, the Italian friends that in their household, they would yell constantly at each other. <laughs> you go in there, it sounds like a war zone. And that's just the way they communicate. You know, they yell, they curse at each other, then they turn around and they, they laugh, you know, but that's their way of communicating. And, you know, then I had in my office a South Philly girl and this nice, gentle, peaceful guy from the Midwest. And he said, she's yelling at me all the time. She goes, no, I'm not. I'm just talking to you. (laughs) So she doesn't see it because it's her normal. And that is like a great example of people not seeing 
how their past unconscious traumas come out and traumatize their partners, you see. And that's called their normal. And and people used to complain when people would marry people of different ethnicities because they didn't understand the culture. And, And even today, like you said, from South Philly to the Midwest, two separate cultures, two separate ways of communicating, and nobody's communicating. Yeah. <laughs> right. Nobody's wrong, but they have to and then they have to change. So when it comes to communication, there's five things we look at. Pace, how fast your words are coming out, too fast is aggressive. Volume, too loud sounds angry. Pitch means you're all freaking out if your pitch is real high. Um, the words you select you know, they could be your everyday words. Let's say, you know, there's a lot of cursing in that Italian home, and there was none in the Midwesterns, you know. <laughs> and Brian Pays pitch, oh, tone. Tone is when it sounds like, you know, so you hear, well, you have an attitude. You know, that's tone when you're talking with a certain tone of voice. And that could sound like you have, someone thinks you have an attitude, and you're like, no, I don't. I'm, I'm smiling as I'm talking to you, you know. Now, now but in, the, in, the, in the South, in Georgia, that that mm-hmm. could be that somebody's getting ready to be justifiably murdered because oh. <laughs> when, when women talk very softly, they choose their words very quietly, and they're smiling at you, they're really telling you one or two things are going to happen. I'm either going to cut your head off and serve it on a platter, I'm going to give you directions to hell, and you're going to ask and say thank you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, so it's all these little area cultures. Now let's talk about stereotypes. You want to go there for a little bit? Yes, sure. Let's go there. Okay. So now I don't know how old you are, but I am 60. So I'm one of the baby I'm boomers. 67. And, I'm 67. Oh, okay. You look a lot like younger in your picture. So, oh, God, love you know, the child. We, so we grew up with Ozzy and Harriet and Dick Van Dyke show the the woman in the little happy house dress all she had to worry about was what was she cooking for dinner that night and what cookies she was making right and then right right, and then the 70s so that was the 60s the 70s was the hippies free love and everyone was revolting against the government due to the Vietnam War so Mm -hmm. it was a tumultuous time and women are saying like why should we just do this at home like I have a brain too so the women were starting to revolt by the 70s and that's when I started when when I went to Penn State was mid-70s well then we went to college we were supposed to marry the college sweetheart, which I did. I married at 21, had kids at 23, 24. And then we're supposed to work because we have a degree now, so we're working. Then we come home and we have to schlep the kids, do the cooking, clean up after them, and the husband comes home and watches TV because that's what he grew up with. Let the woman do it. So now the woman's doing it all. You know? And it's like, do you remember that commercial, Anjali? Yes. I can fry yes. up the bacon and make you make sure you feel like a man. It's like I wanted to throw a brick at that at the TV when I was hearing that. <laughs> you know, it's like do it I all put and you be perfect. In the pan and fry you. Yeah, uh, let me fry you up in the pan. <laughs> That's right, right? Do it all. Be perfect. Don't bitch and moan. And you better have enough energy for me at night when I'm done watching the news and I turn it off and I want sex now. It's like okay, this is not working. You know. So this is the age of a lot of divorces, the 70s. And then the 80s came, and that was a really flush time. You know, this is the age of a lot of uh, technology development, you know, the uh, computers and cell phones. 
and my kids were born in 83, 84, and they're, they're seeing so much of this as they're growing up, you know. So those kids are now the millennials. My girls are now 34, mm-hmm. 35. And many of their age group, they don't want to marry. They don't want homes. They are rejecting a lot of what was materialism. It's interesting to see it. Or they did go to college, and they're coming out, and they have no jobs, and they have all this college debt. And, you know, they're questioning because, you know, when I first was raising my girls, it's like, you will go to college because that's what you need to do to get a job. You got to go to college, you get a job when you come out. Well, one of them never went to college, Alexi, named Alexi Pano. She now speaks around the world and does very well and didn't step foot in college. She also puts water wells <laughs> in Africa since the age of wow. 20. And she was, yeah, she's, um, she runs a charity. And she's been in the entertainment business because I was a model and talent agent, and I, the kids grew up in my business. So she never went to school. And she goes, Mom, you know, maybe I'll go to Hunter College. And she goes in there, and I, she, they keep asking me to teach the class because I'm already building water wells. What do I need a piece of paper <laughs> for? You know, so that they're not seeing sense with college. Um, and now the 20s is really bizarre. I don't, you, you've got to watch this documentary. It's um, on Netflix. It's called Spring Break. And it's about the 20s, all the people in their 20s at spring break, and the sexual culture of hookups. I was appalled at how bad it was. They're having partner after partner after partner, and the interviewer is like, says to one of the guys, so what was her name? Where is she from? He goes, I have no idea. Like, that's a, who cares? Oh, my word. Like, oh, it's horrible. And I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't realize it was that bad. And I just had – on my podcast, Lessons in Life and Love, I just had Jordan Kimball from The Bachelorette on there. So I asked him, I said, okay, you're a millennial male. What do the men want? And he's quite a smart kid and ended up getting his bachelor's. But he said, I asked him about this hookup culture. I said, is this as bad as it seems? He goes, Rihanna, yeah, it's really bad. I'm like, oh, my God. He goes, there are those of us with our, our own you know, high self-esteem and our – vision intact we know where we want to go that we don't want to engage in that but it is really bad because people that lack direction in their 20s they're just using sex as like alcohol like drink and get down that's it so i mean it's 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 really sad the state of affairs and now we go back to caveman cavewoman brain so, you know, you hear a lot on the women's summits and the love summits, oh, well, the women are too masculine today. You know, they have to get into their feminine self. Well, the problem is, you know, if you, you ended up being a divorced mom, you had to go out to work, do for your kids, you had to be masculine to survive. So, you know, and the, the cave woman brain, no matter how accomplished she is, she will always crave security. That's in her old reptilian brain. Because yep. we were the child bearers. So we always want safety. We always want that feeling of security. Men, their brains, caveman brain, always wants attraction. So mm-hmm. I say to the women, and why do they want attraction? Because they have to procreate the race. So I always say to the woman, just because you're married, don't lose, you know, the attractive factor. You know, always dress nice, do your hair, do your makeup, look, look nice for your partner. And the man should too, for the women. But you know, the man has to continue to romance his woman to have a loving relationship. If you, you know, I've heard the men say, well, we did that. We dated, we romanced, we got married. She should just not feel like she has to go out now. <laughs> I said, really? Do you still want sex? Hello? <laughs> Do 
gonna have to explain that the men's sexual center of the brain is seven times that of the woman's. So what he wants and thinks is normal is not the woman's normal. And the way he gets turned on is not the same way the woman gets turned. She has to have her five senses ignited mm-hmm. to be turned on to want to be sexually intimate. So that's why I say get your wife out of the house. Because she's there. She's there. Oh, I got to cook. I got to clean. I got to do the floors. I got to do the laundry. She's not thinking about sex. I said get her out on a date and, the, you know, look nice, smell nice. Take her to a place where there's music. Feed her some good food. You know, talk to her nicely, no, no complaints, no, you know, and tell her she's <laughs> wonderful. And, you know, I mean, do a date. Hello. And then when they start dating again and they're aware of what they're doing, again, the conscious awareness when you're out, it makes all the difference in the world. And and so. this is really hard for for some people to grasp, men and women are genetically and chemically made up differently, and it's not going to Correct. change. And and why so can't women just be all that? Well, why can't women just be comfortable being women and let men be comfortable being men, and then meet in the middle the way it was supposed to be? Because women have to support themselves these days, so yeah, the singles are out there dating. But that doesn't right? mean that you lose your femininity and your ability to allow a man to be a man. No, you don't, but they have to usually pull it back because if they're in a high-power position and they're in control all day, and they walk in the I, house, they have to take that breath, and it's like, okay, now I get to be a woman. Leave it at the door. <laughs> and, and see, and the reason yeah. I say that is because I had to support myself and my three children. Sometimes I work three jobs, and yeah, I, I am a control yeah. freak, but in a relationship, <laughs> there's give and take. you got to let it go sometimes. <laughs> You do. You do. It's what's best for the team. So there's all these reasons that these relationships are falling apart. We talked stereotypes. We talked, um, you know, caveman, cavewoman brain and and masculine feminine energy. We talked childhood trauma and how that comes out as, you know, which you perceive it to be normal and it's not. We have vocal tones and cultural patterns. Even places where you live in the country are different. So these are all the elements that I look at when someone works with me, and it's a puzzle piece. That's what I'm saying. We we put all those puzzle pieces together, and I help the unconscious become consciously aware and teach them new patterns. You're not going to believe this, Rihanna. We're running out of time. I know. I could talk all night. That's why I said you got to come down my way. We'll go out and have some drinks, Yvonne. That'll work. Tell the folks about your podcast, where you can be found, and how they can sure. contact you. Sure. If you want more information on the childhood traumas, just get my free ebook. It's called at havetheloveyoudeserve.com. That's a URL, havetheloveyoudeserve.com. And then if you want to meet with me for a free life and love transformation discovery session, that's a $500 value. But because you're one of your bond listeners, you just tell me Yvonne sent you and I will meet with you for free. I have eight openings, um, you know, in the next week coming up. So you just go to my website, RihannaMilne.com, R-I-A-N-A-M-I-L-N-E.com. And my podcast and radio show is called Lessons in Life and Love. And it's on BoldBraveMedia.com, Monday nights. 6 p.m. Eastern Time. So please join me. Call in your questions. 
And I have a question for you, my dear. Would you sure. be willing to come back? Oh, I'd love to come back. Okay. Thank you. you are, no, thank you. I want to bring you back after the first of the year and, and start everybody's new year off right. Perfect. That would be a great because show. I would love to do that. Well, you know, I think of it this way. If we can help one person become better within themselves, because we didn't even touch on the fact that you got to like yourself before you can love yourself, and you got to do all that before you can love others. We didn't even get uh, there. Oh, yeah, for sure. If, that was if, my last if, radio show. It was <laughs> that was last week's show. If we can touch one person, Rihanna, and change one life and help that person to change a child's life to be a better person who is our future, then we've been successful. That's right. That's our mission. It is. I thank you so much, Yvonne, for having me, and I want to encourage your listeners, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve. Don't wait. Don't wait. If you're struggling, get some help. Yeah, because life is too short. It is way, way too short, ladies and gentlemen. It 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 goes in a flash. Trust me. And in the past seven years, I've lost four family members. So mm. don't wait. Do not wait. Um, and as y'all and and Rihanna, don't hang up when the show goes dark because I want to tell you a few things. But okay. ladies and gentlemen. Y'all know at the end of every show that there's a few things that, that I say, and, and they're very important to me, and especially after tonight's show, because they fit right in with what Rihanna and I have been talking about, and that is whenever you're out, people will forget what you look like. They'll forget your name. They'll even forget what you're wearing, but they will never, ever, ever forget how you've made them feel, and and. We're all on that journey, ladies and gentlemen, and we don't know everybody's journey. They don't know our journey, but we're all on a journey. And when you can make someone else's moment in time, if it's just a 30-second moment, better, you may have saved a life. Just a smile or a kind word, especially to those who you think they never smile, they're, they're very unhappy, they're grouchy all the time, make them smile just one time. In that day, and they will remember it for the rest of their life. Also, if you want to achieve greatness in your life, do not ask permission. You don't need anyone's permission. Whatever it is that you want to achieve greatness at, if it's a garbage collector, if it's a rocket scientist, or anything in between, just go out and do it and encourage your children to achieve greatness. Rihanna, you in the last minute or so we have. Did we lose Rihanna? Oh, we may uh, have. you were going off a second. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I, I said, did you want to add to that in about 30 seconds, add to the last two words? I just wanted to, the, the, my ending is you can't change what you don't understand, and you want to have the life you desire and the love that you deserve, and don't settle for less. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Rihanna for being here. She's absolutely amazing. I love her already. A woman after my own heart. And Thank you, Yvonne. So you are welcome. Join us again tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time when we have another fantastic guest. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, with Off the Chain with my lovely, lovely guest, life coach, Rihanna Milne. And please check her out. 
you will not be sorry. So until tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, we wish you all a good evening. Join us then. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Okay, what I wanted to tell you is once we get off of here and the show goes mm-hmm. up in the archives, I'm going to post the link on my page and I'm going to tag you in it. And part okay. of my giving, paying it forward and giving back is you take that link and you put it wherever you want it. Tomorrow, Oh yeah. when I, mm-hmm. when I put it up on all the podcasts, I will also put the links up on my page and tag you. Put that anywhere you want it. Okay, great. Yeah, have the love you deserve.com. That'll be good for your listeners. Uh, my website, riannamilne.com. And I don't okay, even know if I talked about my books but, and my podcast, Lessons Life and Love. Yeah, we got to your podcast. We didn't get to the books. And that's why I want you to come back because there's still so much that, that we can talk yeah. about and, and play what if games and grab people's attention. Yeah. My books are Live and Love Beyond Your Dreams, or sister books are meant to go together, and there's free chapter downloads on my website, but it's Live Beyond Your Dreams and Love Beyond Your Dreams. So, and I'm going to have to get them. And, and the, them yeah, the one on love is 434 pages. It's really intense. It's, there's a lot of information in there. I can't wait. <laughs> it went to number one on Amazon in, in like three different areas, so it was a bestseller. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There's so much more for us to talk about. I can't wait to bring you back in January. Yeah, don't forget about me. Oh, no, I have <laughs> I you down. Bring back in January. Yeah, I will send yeah. you some dates. It's probably going to be towards the end of January because I'm getting pretty booked up. So I'll bring you back towards the end and I'll send you a little message um, from on Facebook and say, are these dates good with you? And we'll go ahead and set you up. Yeah, yeah, definitely book me early enough because there's a lot of stuff with the new year with coaching going on. So yep. uh, let me have a date, and then uh, I definitely would love to come back. Also, I wanted to ask you, Yvonne, I do often have affiliates. Do you have people that are affiliates? What that means is if I'm doing like a webinar or you send someone to me, you know, someone calls in, you say, you know what, you have trauma. you got to talk to this woman. I'll send you her name. And she ends up signing up for a program. I give her a single $500 thank you and a 700 for a couple. Wow. Well, I will, so, I will, you know, I will you're on the throw pulse. that out there. I will yeah, put, yeah. So I have one podcast host. Uh, uh, podcast host. He sent me four people already. You know, because he has a very popular show, Ken Bruchelle. And he said he loved my topic. He goes, oh, my God, Rihanna, I can send you people. I said, well, can I? I got an affiliate program. You send me people, they sign up. I'm, I send you a thank you gift. He goes, really? I said, yeah, it's not a Starbucks card. It's $500 for a single, <laughs> $700 for a couple. He goes, oh, my God. They said, yes, I'll send you people. So, you know, I just have to get them enrolled. And then once they, they pay their program, then I will send you a thank you gift. Well, I, I would do PayPal. it just because I just would do it because I, I believe in paying it forward, and I believe that people don't always know what they don't know, and they don't right. know that they need help until I get into their heads. And yeah, I know people that need your help. So I'd probably be saying, <laughs> I know check this how woman that works. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. So yeah, great. I'll be happy great. to. Great. So let's keep in touch over this Absolutely. month, and then um, just let me know what date looks good for you, and I'll put it into my books for next year. You're such a sweetheart. Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> and God bless to your husband too. I hope you know he's he has some peaceful rest. He he's not that, in a lot of pain. No, last night we almost lost him, but that that. My prayer oh. is that when he goes, that he goes quietly. What what he has, yeah. he has congestive heart failure, and oh, he has stage four kidney failure. And now what is happening is he is losing his ability to eat because the the fluid gathers up in his throat, creates mucus, and he can't oh, get it up. Man, have a nebulizer that causes all kinds of problems. And last night, that was the second episode we've had like that, and it was worse than the first. So. Ah, sorry. Just and he's got a he's got a a defib that keeps his heart from going out yes. without starting back up. So just pray that when it's time for him to go, that the he heart stops peacefully. and the defib, yeah, and the defib yeah. can't start it back up. I don't want my husband ah. choking to death, which is what he almost did last Ow. night. So I hear you. Oh gosh. So that's my prayer. All right, my. My pretty lady, you if you come down my way, call me. You, my number, my phone number, I think you have it. It's all on all my emails, but it's 201-281-7887. Okay. Okay. All right, my darling, I appreciate okay. you very much, and I will right. get you started. Have a good night, Yvonne. Thank you. All right, you. honey. Take care. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.